We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. We are so happy to have Dr. E back again to the Authentic Living Show to talk to us about her third part in the Sounds True online event series, The Dangerous Old Woman, entitled The Joyous Body. We do tend to either focus wholly on the body as image or leave it out entirely from our conscious experience until it acts up. And we rarely, if ever, think of the body as a repository of joy. It's a workhorse to be whipped into shape or it's just a ball and chain we carry around that sometimes gets us into trouble. But what if the body were incrementally tied to the soul? If that were true, wouldn't we want to do more with it than just keep it enslaved to the ego? Our guest today, Clarissa Pinkola Estes, Ph.D., is an internationally acclaimed poet, diplomat, union psychoanalyst, post-trauma specialist, social activist, and cantadora, keeper of the old stories in the Latina tradition. She is Deputy Managing Editor and Columnist, writing on politics, spirituality, and culture at the news blog, themoderatevoice.com, and is columnist at the National Catholic Reporter Online. Her published books include The Gift of Story, The Faithful Gardener, and Women Who Run with the Wolves, which stayed on the New York Times bestseller list 145 weeks. She created a 15-volume collection of original best-selling audio works and a 12-part live performance series entitled Theater of the Imagination, broadcast on both Pacifica and NPR. Dr. Estes has been providing live events on SoundsTrue.com for the past year entitled The Dangerous Old Woman. The latest of these fireside chats begins April the 6th on SoundsTrue.com and is entitled The Joyous Body. We'll also be talking to her about her upcoming five-day intensive called Mysterium Psychology in the Truest Sense of the Word. So welcome, Dr. E, and so glad to have you back again. Hello, and thank you. Thank you. It's so good to hear your voice again. Thank you. And and yours as well, and yours as well. So let's just uh, jump right in there. One of the things that I'm real aware of when I first see the words, the joyous body, is that it is so intriguing because we typically think that the body is a heavy, laden down burden that carries the worries of life. Can you describe the joyous body and what makes it different from the more typical definition of the body? Sure. The the overculture um, pathologizes the body in so many ways, including how it looks. Um, when you see the body as what it isn't rather than what it is, that's pathologizing the body, making it into something far less than it is and holding out sort of a mono vision 
one idea about what the body should look like, act like, feel like. And as you know, we're all incredibly individual. I mean, there are songbirds who belong to certain species, and no two of them are alike in the way that they fly, in the way they walk, even though they have more or less the same coloring on the outside. So we're like that, too. I'd just like to say that in my ethnic family, which is a family of immigrants and refugees, that we have stories about how we came to Earth. And the concept that I'm bringing forward in the Joyous Body of the Dangerous Old Woman series is that it's very hard to be born. It's very hard to get here. We are one in a million in terms of the six million eggs that our mothers carry from the time they're born. We're one in a million in terms of the millions of sperm that seem to vie in order to be the one who fertilizes one of those six million eggs. And the, there are many tries um, for fertility uh, in each woman every single month of her fertile life that has to do with menstruation. And in many of those times, um, there is no embryo, there is no zygote, no fertilized egg that occurs. And so then you have another chance and another and another. And in the old stories, the souls of children are in the moon. They, All those dark spots you see on the moon, my grandmother used to say, those are the little baby's elbows and knees up there. <laughs> and they're waiting to have not just a spiritual body, but a physical body. On the minute someone makes love who is in their psychic line, so to speak, their psychic their psychic bloodline, so to speak, at that moment, then they are um, coming to earth. And the soul unites with flesh at that moment of conception. And hopefully a sturdy body can be made in order to carry that soul forward. And it's a perilous journey. Um, it's a we tend to look at ourselves and go, I'm here. But the journey to come here, that it's us, each of us individually, could have been the egg before, could have been the egg after, could have been this sperm, could have been that sperm cell, but it's us. We are born here. So the body is a precious, precious treasure that's created under great duress and takes many, many chances in order to form itself finally and to be born fully ensouled. So the body is, in the old stories that I come from, it's seen as the consort, as the servant, as the companion to our soul. It's not a dumb, um, mute, uh, unknowing, uncooperative thing. It's radiant. It is knowledgeable. It does things for us that we could never, if we had to plan it all out, it would be screwed up by 10 o'clock in the morning because really? of all the autonomic nervous system, all the autonomic circulation system, the heart beats autonomically, meaning on its own. We don't program it. It's programmed innately, miraculously, incredibly by something and someone far greater than us alone. So joyous body means remembering what this body 
we carry and that carries us really is its capacity for dancing, its capacity for love, its capacity for memory, its capacity for joy are huge. And without the body, how would we ever know that we've lost something or we feel pain? How would we know that we are pleased by something or we receive pleasure? How would we ever know that we feel ecstatic and close to spirit or source without source or another human being that's a beloved to us? How would we ever know any of those things? So the body is our transmitter and our broadcaster both. It is able to broadcast to us what it feels, how it senses and perceives, and it's also able to transmit outward to other people so that, for instance, when we come into the room and we might be upset, people across the room who are sensitive can actually read just by the look of our chin what mood we're in because Mm -hmm. the body has a way of communicating what the brain is thinking, what the heart is feeling, and what the soul condition is. So joyous means this. Happiness is like I have a um, letter that I received today that said, we made an error in your bank account, um, and so we owe you $2. Uh, so I'm happy, right? Okay. Joy is different. Joy is what you feel when you see a baby being born. Joy is what you feel when you see a little child take their first step. Joy is what you see when you see the profound innocence in a young person who tells another person for the first time that they love them. Joy is what we feel. It's a deep and intense form of happiness that does not um, occupy itself with trivial matters. It's constantly based on meaning, what is meaningful to us and to the soul at a deep level. So that dancing is joyous because it means so much to the soul to dance. There are, in all the holy books of the world, there are references to dancing. In the holy book of the Christian Bible, actually the Hebrew Bible, but the Christian Bible contains the Old Testament, there's a story about David, King David, he's coming back from a long journey with his whole caravan, and as they approach his home, he tells everyone, get down off the caravan, get down with your, with your cymbals and with your tambourines and dance, dance, raise the dust so high so that Holy Creator knows that we're grateful to be home. And then entails this long dance sequence with people crying out and people singing and people dancing until the dust rises up. So that's the joyous body, too. The joyous body, when it works, at work that's meaningful, the body feels joy when it has accomplishments every day of keeping us alive just from morning to noon to night and all through the night and then we awaken the next day. If one would tune into it, they would realize that the body takes pride in keeping the vessel that it is alive for the soul to occupy. Right. So the joyous body then is the connection between soul and body. At, you know, as you're describing it. And it, it sounds, you know, it seems to me that we, we keep this whole concept of joy a secret from ourselves. It's like, oh, joy is just silly. It's a concept that's just not, we don't want to talk about that word. Why, I think, why I think do people, that? well, in our culture, you know, 
we tend to manufacture things. It's like, okay, so I want to meditate. How do I do it? Give me five steps. I want to pray. How do I do it? Give me three steps. I want to make a cake. Give me the recipe. <laughs> you know, and the, the thing is, for the body, all of this is innate. There's no recipe required, but what's required is remembering. Just sitting quietly and thinking about the miracles that are carried in the body every single moment of every single day and having gratitude toward this beautiful consort that we carry, this one precious wild body that we have. And there's a fairy tale that I'll be telling more about in the series, The Joyous Body, with it, which is a live onla- online event with Sounds True. And I will tell about the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale, which is called the Snow Queen, sometimes called the Ice Queen, sometimes it's called Kalt Vilmon, which means just simply cold, the cold woman. And part of that tale, what happens is that a mirror shatters, a mirror. It shatters and a piece of the glass gets in the eye of a person who then cannot see properly. And in our culture, very early on, for many boys and girls, a mirror of how they actually are ensouled in the body shatters mostly by hammering from the culture, the overculture that says, only be this way, here's this one way to be, and there's no other way to be except this one. No other way to look, no other way to act, no other way to walk, no other way to feel except this one. And as a result, the children, all of us, have a piece of glass in our eye that makes us not see clearly who we are, how we are, what we are, and particularly what our bodies are, which are these magnificent walking miracles (laughs) that actually thrive on meaningful experiences. Not cheap experiences, but meaningful experiences. So the concept in the fairy tale is how do you get that shard of glass out of your eyes so you can see clearly again and in the story there's complications and finally it didn't you know there's an outcome or a resolution and essentially the resolution is that you have to take it out you have to not accept the overculture's view of body you have to go into the sacred, meaningful, the ecstatic, the holy memory of what you really are made of. You know, there, there's a saying also in some of the holy words of, from dust thou art made, to dust thou shalt return. And my grandmother used to say, just let me, let me tell you what that really means to say, from stardust thou art made. Hmm. Um, from stardust thou shalt return to the stars. Mm-hmm. that you have a destiny, in other words, that's enormous, that it is settled in your body, that your body has memory of the entire universe, if you would just allow it. Uh, for some people, that sounds fatuous. You know, say, well, you know, what are you talking about, really? Well, all you have to do is have an ecstasy, and then you know. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. A religious ecstasy, a sexual ecstasy, a creative ecstasy, these are all areas of our lives where our bodies fully participate in what it is we are doing, whether it's sudden, face-to-face, cheek-to-cheek knowledge of God, or whether it is in love with another person whose body is, in a sense, melting and merging with our bodies, or whether 
it is in the midst of a creative heat where one is painting or choreographing or dancing or or creating writing or creating a programs like you do, for instance, in some of those moments and sometimes for hours on end, there's an ecstasy of the body that is occurring. And afterwards, the body's really tired because you know, running all kinds of energy through the body that it's absolutely capable of carrying, but it's like fire. It burns. It's like burning up a whole cord of of firewood all at once and afterward you have to rest because now the body's tired because it helps you to carry that ecstatic energy throughout all that time right all right so we're going to take a break now and we'll be back in just a few minutes to hear more from dr e on the joyous body sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Want to change your life? The New York Open Center can help. We offer hundreds of ongoing classes, workshops, and professional trainings that heal the body, nurture the spirit, and awaken your true potential. Visit opencenter.org to check out our programs in holistic health, self-development, spiritual practices, creative arts, and much more. With our wellness services, bookstore, and cafe, we're an oasis in the heart of the city. And with Open Center Online Learning, you no longer have to be in New York to take classes. Visit opencenter.org today. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. The Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And today we're talking to Dr. Clarissa P- Pinkola Estes about her upcoming event beginning April the 6th and going through May 11th on SoundsTrue.com. And the title of this one is The Joyous Body. So we've been talking about the body and what the body is and how it's connected to the soul. 
And uh, I guess where I want to go now is uh, where we are today in our thought about the body. The, the young body is glorified, and the aged or aging body is vilified. So can you explain how it is that the dangerous old woman can give even more to the body and mind than the young sapling can give? Well, <laughs> the way I would put it to you is this, that, again, if if one wants to live a life of meaning, you cannot believe what the overculture tells you. Most people know that by the time a woman is in the ripest form of her age, including old age, she knows more about the body and its pleasures and also how it has to be taken care of than anyone does when they are young. And if one of my... One of my older friends said to me once many years ago when I was young and they were very, very old and they have since passed this world, she says, she says, honey, um, you know, there might be a wrinkle or two, but get over it because the pleasure exceeds all of that. <laughs> so there's a great deal of uh, what I hope will always happen with women and men as they get older is that they will speak to each other about the truth about what they know and their wisdom about the body. Because if you are listening to the culture, whether it's about children um, or whether it's about elders, all you hear almost are negative stories about how all the children are acting up and not doing right and how all the, older, all the elders are all decrepit and grumpy. And, but if you actually know children and you actually know elders, you know that many of them, in fact most of them, have moments of radiance every day in their lives and that they're dedicated to things that really matter. So the idea that the older body is decrepit is <laughs> makes me laugh because most of us feel this surge of energy for everything, for creativity, for sexuality. Believe me, it never dies. It never dies. The desire to make, create, help, reach, do, the desire to love and be loved never, ever dies. It only grows richer. So truth-telling is part of being a dangerous old woman. And the joyous body is important. I mean, you know, you have things uh, when you're young that don't work right or become injured. The same thing is true when you're old. I always hear that, well, when you're old, you're going to be decrepit. Well, I know plenty of decrepit young people in the sense of that they've had an injury, you know, of one sort or another, or maybe several or many. So it's not based on that. What's based on the body is, does this body feel? Can this body feel pleasure? Can this body feel happiness? Can this body think? Can this body go forward and create? Can this body plan? Can this body embrace? Can this body hold? Can this body touch? So these are the things that we would evaluate as being meaningful about the body, not about that the body is without a crease or a wrinkle or a spot or a freckle. (laughs) None of those things matter. What matters is, is the dance still inside the body? And because I've worked for years off and on with war veterans, even men who are in wheelchairs, who are quadriplegics in the sense of their legs, their arms, sometimes their chests are unable to move, or omniplegic, they have a dance in their body nonetheless. They have a tiny little dance in their body, and it goes with their heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And many of them are very aware of that, that there is still something in them that dances, 
regardless. And most of us, even though we Our might have... Our we can... Yes, right, exactly. All right, well, not only are you going to be putting on uh, this next live event on Sounds True on the Joyous Body, can you tell us about what you intend to do there and why you feel it's important to do that? Well, we are holding a training for professionals in the fall that is a five-day training, and it's called the Mysterium, Psychology in the Truest Sense of the Word. And what that means is that psychology, the word psyche, actually means soul. It does not mean brain, and it doesn't mean mind, although certainly, again, the overculture has tilted in that direction in terms of its interpretation. But the word psyche comes from the Greek word, and it, it literally means butterfly. And the butterfly actually is the metaphor for the psyche, which is ever-changing and is able to sustain itself in ways that are sometimes visible and sometimes invisible to us. So psychology actually means the study of the soul or the study of the journey of the soul in life. So that is the level we'll be teaching at. We'll be teaching, I will be teaching about archetypes, but at a level that is, that is uncommon. You will not find what I have to teach in most basic literature because most of that is taught by rote and it's taught academically in the sense of people are studying it in order to pass a test. What I want to do is I want to teach it down at the gut level where it actually penetrates not just the mind but also the soul and the body. I'll be teaching about dream interpretation and the trance states that people use worldwide in order to understand their dreams. Um, And I will also be teaching about active imagination, which is a form of uh, trance that Carl Jung, the great psychologist, taught in his work and wrote about. And we will essentially be being together on the journey of the soul. But it's for professionals because um, the professional training is um, for therapists and helpers and healers who are uh, practicing because there is very little about also indigenous medicine, which is one of the things that I carry as part of my background. There's very little about that that's woven together with um, classical psychology. So those are the kinds of things that we'll be covering there. And there will be CEUs for nurses and doctors and managing care people and teachers and counselors and social workers and psychologists and so forth. And I think even dentists, because wow. they're, they're well, you see, the thing is, people uh, who are helpers, healers, uh, walk in that world of the psyche, that world where the soul is present. And the soul is often present when people are hurt. Uh, the soul is magnified at times like that. So that's our intention, is to teach clearly and classically, but also deeply, about these matters that affect each one of us and that people often bring as issues when they come to be helped or healed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll be telling yeah. stories. And the thing is that, you know, the patients, of course, they are the storytellers. They tell stories to us. And then it's ours to help that story find its resolutions or its different ways of rolling itself forward in a way that serves the soul, the body, the mind, the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I'm so grateful that you're doing this because I do think that there has been sep- such a separation between the medical sort of uh, overview of what goes on in the human psyche and and uh, 
what really is the human psyche as you've defined it as soul. And for those of us that are there, as a therapist, I, I see that I have to do something called transpersonal therapy in order for me to be able to even talk about those kinds of issues with my clients. So we have to find a place to put that uh, in order to be able to do that. So I'm really glad that you're doing this. That's exactly right. Well, usually what's left out of the equation is the body is knowledgeable. The body's incredibly knowledgeable. The, mm, although it's true that stress for instance, can cause you to clutch up all your muscles, including all your organs inside can be in a clutch as well because of stress. You know, we hold ourselves tightly often. Not because we're stressed exactly, but often because we don't want to feel the stress. And one way not to feel is to stop breathing, is to hold your breath. When you hold your breath, your muscles tend to bunch up. So the it's actually not observant when people say, well, stress causes this and that. What's actually true is that the person is attempting to deal with whatever is in the environment that is hurting them by not feeling it. So we feel strongly, I do certainly, that it's important to unlock the body so that what has to be felt, can be felt, can be remedied, new solutions can be put into place, and that that all happens not only at the intellectual level, but at the level of the body and of the spirit as well. So these um, ways of looking at the body as wise, that the body is actually trying to deal with what is going on rather than the body is somehow trying to harm itself. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the um, direction that I go in. I do not in any way um, endorse the idea of guilt that people cause their own disorders, diseases, illnesses, um, whatever they might be. Not at all. Often the body is actually trying to compensate for something in the environment, and it's actually doing a really, really good job. It's doing the best, it very, the very best it can, and it has to do with um, not having enough options at that moment. So we can provide other options, and often dreams lead the way, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Dreams, dream material will often provide the options. Absolutely. I was just, as you were saying that, I was thinking about a dream I had many years ago. I was having some trouble with my knee, and I had a dream of, uh, about wounded knee. Oh, <laughs> uh, interesting. It, it was very interesting, and this, uh, this soldier came and opened up a tent, and there were some people in there, and a woman yelled out the word abandonment. And I knew then that my knee was compensating for some abandonment issues that I had, and it was Understand. just really a big moment. Understand. Yeah. That, 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 that's exactly right. And see, the dreamer is the one who has the understanding, not the shrink, not the therapist, not the... The dreamer, actually, will bring... Because the body is magnificent, and the dream maker, if I could call it that, whatever it is that makes dreams... It's actually in total concert with the body, the spirit, and the soul. It will bring the remedies needed forward. It will give the insight. In a sense, it will give, as Jung called it, a clear mirror into the unconscious about what's actually going on. And that ties back to the idea of the ice queen who shatters a mirror and the shards fly into people's eyes so they can't see themselves anymore. They can't see their bodies. They can't see the spirit. can't see how everything is connected to everything within them. And therefore, their options are limited. So therapy in so many ways is, yes, it's about cleaning out. It's about 
suturing up. It's, it's about putting medicine on. It's about watching over. But it's also about providing many options that were never, ever, ever allowed before so that a person can live freely. Right, right. All right. Well, we're we've got just a few just a few seconds before the break. So I want to say what we're going to do as we come back is we're going to be talking some more about the profound aspect of body mind connection. We'll be back in just a moment to hear more from Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. Want to change your life? The New York Open Center can help. We offer hundreds of ongoing classes, workshops, and professional trainings that heal the body, nurture the spirit, and awaken your true potential. Visit opencenter.org to check out our programs in holistic health, self-development, spiritual practices, creative arts, and much more. With our wellness services, bookstore, and cafe, we're an oasis in the heart of the city. And with Open Center Online Learning, you no longer have to be in New York to take classes. Visit opencenter.org today. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And The Authentic Show is also sponsored by the New York Open Center, dedicated to nurturing body, mind, and spirit through holistic learning and world culture. Workshops, classes, and professional trainings, trainings in the arts, holistic health, spiritual inquiry, psychology, and more are offered daily. Faculty this season includes Elizabeth Gilbert, Julia Cameron, Anodia Judith, and Thomas Moore, to name just a few. Visit www.opencenter.org to see all that is available at the Open Center, as well as their newly created online opportunities. And as you know, today we're talking to Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes about her upcoming event uh, on SoundsTrue.com on April the 6th at called The Joyous Body. And also we've been talking about an event coming up in the fall called Mysterium, Psychology in the Truest Sense, in which she'll be doing a five-day intensive for t- professionals uh, uh, teaching all about that, that soul connection. Um, you know, I think, uh, Dr. E., more and more people are li- linking psychic and spiritual worlds in an endeavor to reach deeper and deeper aspects of who yes. we are. Yes, I think so, too. And, I, and I, um, that has its good parts and its bad parts. I think part of that is 
I want to attribute a huge part of that to Jungian analysis because I think it helps us to sort of um, bring that more into the everyday world that we we consider more scientific, and I guess that gives us permission to talk about the soul a little bit. Yeah. But I also want to say it uh, because so many of us are certain are certainly looking for the more profound aspects of life. It leaves us open to sort of charlatanism. Would, can you talk about that just a minute and sort of tell us how we can range the inner terrain a little bit without falling prey to that? I, w- I would be happy to, and thank you for asking that question. It's a huge concern for those of us who work in this field. I've written about it on the moderate voice as well. Um, there have been some people who definitely have taken people for a ride. I would say that when people ask for enormous amounts of money, for a very short amount of time with them, to beware of that, that that may be um, a signal. Uh, and, and some things are expensive, like psychoanalytic training, for instance, which I did for six years postdoctorally. It's hugely expensive, hugely expensive. But that's why we're teaching psychology in the truest sense of the world. I want word. I want to disseminate to people at a small price what. I learned at a very large price. So as the time goes on, I'll be teaching more and more of those seminars just simply to deputize people who are helper people who um, are not going to be able to spend 30 grand a year for six years in order to have control analysis, analysis, psychoanalytic training, and all the things that are required nowadays in that all, all the way across the world. So that's one of the first things is there are legitimate programs that cost a great deal of money and commitment of time, but then there are also short programs that cost enormous amounts of money, and I don't understand why. So I would say be careful. The second thing is um, just um, you know have a sense that all of us have wounds, all of us have wishes that we would like to have fulfilled, all of us want to belong. And it's in the belonging area that people sometimes get hooked up with charlatans because they feel lonely. And loneliness is part of our existence on this planet. There are times when I feel lonely, you feel lonely. There are times when we feel like, gosh, you know, I just feel so by myself. And yes, go be with people. Go be with, but create and be with an activity where people allow you to be a full human being, where they are not saying you have to be subservient to me in money, in care, in housing, in who you choose to speak with and who you choose not to speak with. Suddenly, you're being told what to do. When you hear that someone is going to manage your life for you, run, (laughs) run, run away because... There is a knowledge that we all carry in our soul. There's like a soulful DNA that already has the plan, the fate, the destiny, and the free will, and the gifts, the charisms that we were born with to bring to this earth. And we unfold those by self-study, by knowing ourselves, by sitting with a trusted advisor, whether it's a friend or a spiritual minister or whether it's a nun or a priest or a rabbi or a Buddhist teacher or whoever it is, that person does no harm to us. When we leave that person, if we pay them or we don't pay them in money but we pay them in other ways or that we show our devotion to them in other ways, that leaves us free 
they we are not beholding to that person in any way. In fact, we often feel loved by them and we feel great love for them in return. So boundaries, holding your boundaries around things, not getting taken off by hyper fascination. You know, there's always the new <laughs> there's the new tinker coming around, you know, who says he's gonna mend your pots for a price and that price should be within reason for you know, for you for whatever it is you're going to do. The price should never be your soul, ever. Should never be your free will, ever. Should never be your spirit that has happiness and joy and boundingness to it. Should never be any of those things. So um, the majority of people in every profession, whether it's priestly, uh, healerly, and, and sometimes those professions merge, the majority are impeccable. The majority have the most immaculate intentions. And as Thomas Aquinas says, Everything that comes through us from the source without source has to pass through mud first. That's us, the mud of the body or the stardust of the body. And it, it gets a little, you know, it's not quite as beautiful as it is when it rolls out of Creator's mind. But uh, it comes awfully close for most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a certain, I guess what you're saying is not only the cost, but also there's a certain kind of freedom and inner knowing that, uh, should be given to the client or a patient or whatever and not be taken by the teacher. Correct. Absolutely yeah. correct. The, 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 you know, birds, birds have hollow bones, right? They're, mm-hmm. Because they're, they're created to be so lightweight so as to be able to fly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a theory in Curanderismo, and we use the concept, the hollow bone, that it's like a hollow whistle. It's like a a hollow straw that when you are with someone and you are helping that person that you're to allow to flow through you uh, what will come that is greater than you that you are simply the hollowness inside the concept that allows things to lift off and fly that you don't be the one who's doing all the flying for instance you don't be the one that you allow the greater self of the person before you to lift up because you are present, listening, and you are empty in a sense. And therefore, anything that they have to say or do can be written because the space is not all filled up with the therapist going, well, try this and try that and do this and do that. Although there are times when it is important to say to a person, to teach a person, and to say, well, I think this would be a good thing considering what you have told me for you to do next and see how you feel about this. Does that make sense to you? Does that resonate with you? And then see what the person says themselves. Most people are absolutely in very close touch with the unconscious and with spirit, soul, heart, mind, body, but not necessarily consciously. And that's our job, is to help people to bring their consciousness. How we do that is by being more empty than full and letting them be full and empty out whatever they have to empty out that isn't useful to their journey, at least for now. So these considerations are made customized. There is no way to say, well, you do it this way. Here's the rote recipe for the whole thing. 
you listen to each person. You listen to their dreams. You listen to their thoughts, their stories, their ideas, their fantasies. And then you help them to sort, but not by some preconceived notion. Right. And then even after that, there's some experimentation. There's experimentation or homework even. It would not be a wrong word to use. Go do this. Go try that. But this comes directly from the person themselves. It's not thought up by the therapist. And we're talking about people who have garden garden variety neurosis, which we all have. Garden variety injuries. Almost everyone is injured somewhere along the line. Some of us have had far more injuries than others. But nevertheless... I'm just talking about people who do not have, you know, serious mental disorders such as schizophrenia. We're talking about people who just, you know, they have tread this world and this world has in some ways wounded them, but their gifts are still pure and their hearts are still good and all is within them in order to heal and go forward. All right. Well, we're going to talk some more about that right after the break. We'll be back with more from Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes. Stay tuned. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Want to change your life? The New York Open Center can help. We offer hundreds of ongoing classes, workshops, and professional trainings that heal the body, nurture the spirit, and awaken your true potential. Visit opencenter.org to check out our programs in holistic health, self-development, spiritual practices, creative arts, and much more. With our wellness services, bookstore, and cafe, we're an oasis in the heart of the city. And with Open Center Online Learning, you no longer have to be in New York to take classes. Visit opencenter.org today. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. This is our last segment, Sad But True. And we've been talking about the joyous uh, body as well as the Mysterium, which is uh, coming up in the fall, which will be a training for professionals that Dr. Uh, Estes will be offering, psychology in the truest sense of the word. And I, I want to change the subject back a little bit now to the joyous body before we go. It seems that part of the joy of being in a body would be relative to the willingness to celebrate. Can you say something about the ritual of celebration and how that builds psychic strength? 
let me take that back a little bit farther. Um, people sometimes ask me, Andrea, what my basis of my strength is. And um, those who know about my life, my I was born in a very delicate and fragile condition, and I managed to stay alive, and um, I've had, you know, delicate health all of my life as a result, and, um, but also challenges, you know, that we all have had, um, life and death challenges, as well as, you know, relational challenges, and so on and so forth, and, and the challenge, I think, of being poor, um, being a single mother and raising children, you know, is a huge challenge in our time. So all of those, and my strength, always, since I was a child, comes from the Blessed Mother, comes from Holy Mother. Um, I am a Catholic, not a not a recovering Catholic, but <laughs> a discovering Catholic. And um, I uh, have this sense of Blessed Mother very tied to the body because she, um, her story is that she grew up in the middle of the stony, Middle East. Uh, she was very young when she was pregnant. Uh, she's pregnant with God. She's pregnant with the ultimate of the ultimate, the God of love. And to my mind, the body, rejoicing, ritual, rites, rites y rituales, as we call it, these come out of seeing an exemplar of some sort that has not only endured and persevered, but also is what I call SD, still dancing, SS, still standing. And for me, that's Blessed Mother. We're going to ac actually do um, the second uh, series of my work on the Blessed Mother called Untie the Strong Woman on March 23rd and March 30th through SamsTrue.com, also a worldwide online event, um, which uh, is also a book that's coming out from Sounds True in the fall. Untie the Strong Woman, meaning that we'll have um, it religiously, uh, spiritually, and physically, the idea that women's bodies in particular should be totally uh, calm, serene, and uh, demure, and not wild, and not fancy, uh, not artistic, not decorated, not tattooed, not pierced, not anything other than <laughs> what looks like it is not going to either give offense or give a threat to anyone, except that following Blessed Mother, if you look at the images that have been created out of imagination of artists across the world, all the way from Africa to Japan to the United States, to everywhere, they put her in the most flowing, gorgeous colors and robes with stars and moons and angels and all manner of things all together. And so when I think of answering a question like yours, I think of going back to Our Lady and saying, celebrate the way she celebrates. She danced at the wedding at Cana. She is a person who was able, in her time, which had an overculture that really was cruel toward women, she was able to say, no, I'm carrying the God of love. Now watch me. Watch me go. And, and so thus she did. And this, she is my exemplar. She is the one that I turn to over and over to say, what, what next for us? How shall we be like you? And I always have an answer in looking at her life. So 
we do um, various celebrations with Our Lady that are, you know, from our Latino culture. We do posada at Christmas time. We do uh, pesame near Easter time, and all of these rituales revolve around the idea that we're taking care of her and she's taking care of us, that we think she is the embodiment of the Great Mother, of the the one who protects, loves, and is willing to carry the body of love despite what anyone else says. Mm -hmm. So I think all celebrations, all rituals revolve around that idea that we are the carriers of the God of love. Uh, We have choices in life about being wounded. We can be bitter, or we can give birth every day to the God of love. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Yeah, and I think about those dances that you described as David doing the dance uh, when he was coming back in from a battle and also the one that you just described of, of, of Mary dancing at the wedding in Cana as dances without steps, without any kind of instruction about how that dance ought to go. I would say that's right. There, in the Old Testament, there's a story about Miriam, Miriam and her tambourine. And it, it's just joyous dancing. It's just, in other words, intense music, intense dancing. Yeah. It is, a, the way I would say it is, the body's way of speaking and praying twice. No, you pray with your words, but you can pray with your feet. You just, praying meaning putting yourself back into the very center of what you were made for and made from. I often laugh, and I talk about it in some of my seminars, that I love science fiction stories because I think they're true in a sense. In a sense. There, there are all these stories in science fiction um, that go along this one leap motif that I really love, and it is that um, alien person, alien being, comes to Earth bearing a gift, you know, the cure for cancer, the cure for, you know, the peace on Earth, whatever it might be. And the minute that they land on Earth, they're grabbed off by any number of thugs and outlaws and cultural military, whoever, and studied and dissected and finally killed. Because, and, and all of a sudden people realize at the very end, my God, they brought up the gift, but we don't know how to unwrap it, right? Yeah. And, I, and I tell people, don't you realize this story is about us? We're the alien beings. We are the ones who came to Earth with our gift. Look what people try to do to us. Everyone tries to attack the people who are bearing the gifts. And the deal is, of course, to not submit to being destroyed by that, but rather to grow bigger and even more inclusive of all of the people at all levels of consciousness and to hold that together. They drew a circle that shut me out, a thing to ridicule, a thing to flout. But I had the will and the wit to win. I drew a circle that took them in. Wow. And is that one of your poems? No. It's by a poem whose name I cannot tell you right now, but I memorized (laughs) it as a child. And I... I, most of the time, including today, I can remember the lines to it through my memorization, but I'm not very good at memorizing things, so it might not be absolutely word for word, but I think it's mostly word for word. Yeah, but it's so true, and and I, I love that poem. analogy of thinking of us as the aliens that we are on planet Earth. That's we really, are. Really, We're the beings. I've never thought of it that way before. <laughs> We're the beings who came here. It's like the a lot of science fiction feels, seems to me, 
that it is uh, straight out of the gifts of the writers who write it, that it's actually talking about us. Except you know, when a lot of people read it, they see it as only a story that is about other. I think we're the other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in many more ways than just that. <laughs> as, well as, as well as psychologically and all kinds of other ways. Yes, we are the other. And, and you know, this whole idea is that we're, as you're looking at body today and, and also the psyche, the soul, including body and soul together, what we're talking about is that inclusion. It's the same circle that our bodies can be alien to ourselves and we can include that in the psychological, spiritual, psycho-spiritual growth that we're all uh, hopefully all participating exactly. in. Exactly. That bears say, say that again. That was really good. I don't think I can because well, we're out of time. Paraphrase. <laughs> no, the paraphrase oh. was that the body is treated as an alien also, that it comes bearing gifts, that it belongs to us, that it's our work to bring the gifts of the body to the world, to talk about it, to share it, to not keep it to ourselves, to tell about the things that we know. The, the ecstasy that comes in the form of creating anything is an ecstasy of the body, the ecstasy of sexuality that truly has something to do with the deepest kind of love known to humankind, the ecstasy that comes from being near the creator, the source without source, unparalleled, every step in sacred moment with creator, those are the ecstasies of the body. Thank you so much, Dr. Eve, for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. And next week we're going to be talking about how we measure or divine our worth. This notion of worthiness is an international psycho-spiritual construct that we must finally begin to put to rest if we're to live in our own authenticity. So you don't want to miss that show. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.